Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Sponsored by Credit World Bank, and away they go. That is Cindric into Chastain and up into traffic. Did they complete that lap? Did the leader get the white flag? This could be waving. It. It's going to be close. And the Daytona 500. The winner will be the 24. We'll need the 24 to start finish line. Goes to victory lane. William Byron from Charlotte, North Carolina. Rudy Fugel, his crew chief. Unbelievable. 40 years to the day, Hendrick Motorsports goes 1-2 at the Daytona 500. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Willie B., William Byron, the Queen City native, wins his first Daytona 500 yesterday, albeit under caution, but he got the win yesterday, did so uh, just laps after a 22-car wreck, and Hendrick Motorsports snapped a, what, nine-year drought at the Daytona 500, William Byron, who won six times last year, gets the first win of the season here in the NASCAR Cup Series year. And Smoke Ludwig's here to talk about it. 704-570-9610. Hit us up. We start with Daytona. we got a lot of things to get to. I don't know how many uh, Love is Blind references we get in today, and I apologize for that, but I'm telling you, it has been a phenomenon here at the station today to realize that Smoke is the only person at the station not currently watching Season six of Love is Blind, the all Charlotte cast. So we got a whole lot of catching up to do. Smoke's here to talk Daytona. I'm here to talk Daytona. A Queen City native got the win yesterday. Willie B is the 2024 Daytona 500 champion, Smoke. What do you think? Uh, well, first off, I'm sorry to not watch Love is Blind. For the last 80 laps, I was standing up here in the studio watching the Daytona 500. Right, so right, right. My apologies. It's all good. I've never watched Love is Blind in my life, but... Uh, You're going to start tonight. Yeah, I, I, I actually am. Yeah. I know you are. You can, Because everybody... Th- you know what? We'll come back to it. But everybody at the station's watching it. I walk in. Even Colin Hoggard showing videos of reveals to, to some of the guys at sales. So anyway, let's start with NASCAR, though. Because that was a good race last night. We, we had the 22-car wreck late had a wreck early only five cautions i believe in that race yesterday which was the fewest since 2004 um you know it was a pretty clean race there's always drama down the stretch of daytona and you know i think the the wreck occurred with nine laps left to go uh william byron wins it under caution his crew chief rudy fugel is apparently crying at the end of the race and can't even tell william byron what happened he said did we win what happened did we win and you know apparently rudy fugel's too emotional to be able to communicate that over the radio but uh, what do you think, Smoke? Good race last night? A good race, anticlimactic finish. I understand people, they wanted to end under green, under any circumstances. But once Cindric came back onto the track, you're going to have debris on the track right at the start-finish line. And you already crossed a white flag. It's It sucks, but I'd also... I'd also talk, like to talk about an anticlimactic finish rather than what we were doing a couple of years ago when we were on the air concerned whether or not Ryan Newman was still alive or not. True. So I'll take that any day of the week. But, I mean, really good race. And, you know, one of the things that was talked about is, man, we've had a lot of underdogs win the Daytona 500 recently or guys you don't think of. It'd be nice to have a big name. 
and William Byron technically is not the massive, massive name that you, maybe some people think he is, but he's on the come up. He is legit. He was a title contender last year. And this, if anything, just proves that he's going to be a title contender this year. It's already career win number 11 for him, Kyle. And people don't realize he's been in NASCAR full time in the cup series for six years now. Wow. <laughs> he was such a baby. The first time we you, talked you to him, at those years. rookie photos. Oh man. <laughs> he was such a baby and he's still mid twenties, but he's man, my age, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, Hendrick motorsports has a good thing going right now. I know chase finished 14th yesterday, but I thought we, a lot of us thought he had a chance to win it late yesterday. Uh, Kyle Larson, obviously cup series champion season before last. And now William Byron doing what he's doing. Hell, Alex Bowman ain't no slouch. No. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports has a really good thing going. The number 24 car was back in victory lane yesterday. Um, but, you know, kind of like my childhood, it was back to another young 20-something, although less brash, let's say, uh, pulling into victory lane in Daytona. And speaking of the number 24 car, can we also say this real quick? Because you and I had the same <laughs> thought yesterday. I'm on the, I'm FaceTiming my brother last night, and I'm, I'm talking to my niece and nephew and him and you know, anybody in the frame. And I'm like, holy bleep. And he's like, what? I'm like, are we old man? Like Jeff Gordon looks like somebody's grandpa and he's aging gracefully. Jeff, Jeff happens to be out there listening. Jeff's been on the show once or twice in the past, uh, but it, it's not a shot. We all get old, but man smoke. I didn't realize I was this old because I saw it's not the, I mean, I've seen Jeff fairly recently, but he was looking like somebody's grandpa last night on TV uh, at the beginning of the race or the middle of the race. And then, of course, the 24 car ends up in victory lane. Just a really good night. He laid the foundation for all this, by the way, at, at Hendrick Motorsports, right? He was the missing piece because Hendrick was always kind of a really good team. It's just they were never yep. won the championship until Gordon got there. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's laid. He's helped to lay a lot of foundation for the future, future success uh, of that race team. And just a massive win for William Byron. Massive. What last year was his breakout season, right? I think you'd put it that way. Six he won wins. six wins. Hard to argue his breakout season. And then he starts this year with a signature, the signature win of all signature wins at the, at the Daytona 500. I mean, we have to, and I think some folks already did, but we're certainly looking at William Byron today as a cup series contender. There's yes. no doubt about that. And he's easily the biggest name to come from the state of North Carolina in a while. I don't know if you noticed, Kyle, but I think he's only the fourth driver from the state of North Carolina to win a Daytona 500 since the turn of the 20th, 21st century. So, wait, give me that stat again. He's only the fourth driver from the state of North Carolina to win the Daytona 500 since 2000. I did not know that stat. So Dale Jarrett in 2000, which was arguably the worst Daytona 500 of all time. Dale Jr. in 2004 and 2014. Uh, then you got Dale Jr. or yeah, Dale Jr. in 20, 2004, 2014. Austin Dillon in 2018. And now William Byron. Whew. It just shows you how much NASCAR has gone away from just the strictly North Carolina base to it's now global. You see guys from the Northeast, from the deep South, from the West coast. I mean, a lot of Midwest guys. Yeah. A lot of Midwest guys. Kozlowski's are from Wisconsin. No, right? Kozlowski's Michigan. Oh, that's right. Michigan. That's right. You're thinking of the Salter family. Uh, Logano's from Connecticut. You know, you got guys from all over the place. Yeah. Man. Uh, Kenseth won a couple. He's from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. That's probably who you got it mixed yeah, up with. Yeah, it's probably too. true. That's probably true. I, look, Daytona was good yesterday. You'd like to see it raced on a Sunday, ideally at some point. Um, yeah. Not that it happens all the time in Daytona, but in the NASCAR Cup Series last couple of years, a lot of washouts. A lot of Sundays get ruined, pushed to Mondays, and uh, turned out those still to be a hell of a race for a Monday afternoon. Why are you raising your hands victoriously? Over there? I am knocking on wood as we speak right now, Kyle, but looking at the radar from Hampton, Georgia, oh, this stop weekend, and it's Tuesday, clear skies on Sunday in Hampton, Georgia, <laughs> as of right now. 
and I'm knocking on wood. Bro, it's Tuesday. There's going to be like a pop-up thunderstorm as soon as the race starts. Hey, you know what? I shouldn't say that because our guy Doug Rice is the uh, Grand Marshal Sunday. Yeah, we don't need Greg. <laughs> we don't need Doug to have his big moment spoiled, okay? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. 704-570-9610. Folks chiming in. McAlpine Doug says, I thought the same thing. I didn't recognize Jeff Gordon. Uh, Big Deke Energy Nick says, amen, KB. I'm 34 now. Jeff Gordon looked old last night. I've been looking for a new driver for four or for several years. I'm all in on William Byron. He's my guy now. Uh, drunk guy says, KB, no Jeff Gordon slander, man. One of the coolest random celebs I've ever met paid for my tab at the bar. Hey, no slander here. I, again, love Jeff. He's been awesome on the show. And I'm it's, somebody's going to say the same thing about me one day. Damn, time is cruel. And he doesn't look bad. He just, he looks, you know, what, he's, what he's gray. Jeff Gordon is gray. What was his nickname, though? That's where it really hit you. What, he the rainbow? Known, he oh. was one, known as the Wonder Boy. The Wonder Boy, yeah. And he looked, like, even late into his NASCAR career, he looked pretty young for his age in his 40s. He's now 52, by the way. And he now starting to look his age. And when you see a guy like the Wonder Boy who's always looked young yeah, start to look his age. that's what it is. It throws you for a loop. It's like, I, I texted uh, Colin this during the Super Bowl because he was at the Super Bowl because he's a big 49ers fan. And he was with Clint Boyer, took a photo of some couple other guys. It's like, it doesn't look right for Jeff Gordon to look this old. But at the same time, he's also basically an owner now. He's big, big guy in Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be the one to eventually take Rick Hendrick's spot at Hendrick Motorsports. It's like, he shouldn't look this old. No. It doesn't look right. No, no, he was the wonder boy. He was, he was the kid that, that pissed everybody off, you know, when I was, was growing good. up. It, it was, yeah, absolutely. And. Um, anyway, it was a good night for NASCAR. Good night for the Daytona 500, obviously for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, K-Town Steve just said, so basically all you have to do is be mediocre and be middle to the back of the pack and wait on a big car, big car pileup at the end that always happens so that you can be in the front. I mean, sometimes it just depends on the event. Uh, well, well, William Byron was up front when the wreck happened. Yeah, it happened right behind. It's not like he came charging up from 32nd. I mean, that he was like 12th when it happened, right? Yeah. I, I, no, no, no. When the big wreck happened. He was actually he well the thing was the, that caused direct was his teammate Bowman gave him a bad push and got him loose and got him into Logano and then uh, Keselowski so that's what caused direct because he got a big yeah, push from Bowman that's right yeah 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 you're so right he wasn't in the back I mean he certainly wasn't in the back waiting on everybody else to blow up in front of him Steve that's not what happened yesterday William Byron again the guy had an unreal 2023 this dude can drive he can absolutely drive and in an era where all the cars are pretty much the same, and it's about the drivers. You need a guy that can – you need a wheelman, and he's exactly that. 704-570-9610. Uh, Bradley Shooting Blank says, some people can't age like you, KB. Young forever. And now, listen, to be fair, I'm 14 years younger than Jeff Gordon. I'm, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not picking on him, man. It's going to happen to all of us. I'm not picking on him. It's just like you look up, and you're like the guy like Smoke said, the wonder boy, like the up-and-comer, that old rapscallion rascal Jeff Gordon that was pissing off the old goats like Dale Jr. or like Dale Earnhardt. All of a sudden, you know – He's somebody's dad or grandpa. It just it happens very quickly. By the way, he wasn't acting like a jerk. The, the reason he got hated on so much is because he was not from here and he won a lot. That's the only reason, really. He's from California, right? Yeah. Not really a Yankee. Not California. really a Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> he moved to Indiana kind of being an Indy car driver. He's not even one of us. One of the greatest movie lines ever uttered. Ever. 704-570-9610. Uh, keep hitting us up. Your thoughts on Daytona. We got a lot of good stuff to get to. Uh, again, they're kind of a slower week in sports, but you know things are starting to ramp up, right? Things are starting to ramp up. Football's over, but football's never really over. Uh, the Hornets return on Thursday. ACC hoops obviously still rolling right now. Um, how about them Hokies last night? Wahoos, where are you today? How you feeling? A 34-point shebang in Blacksburg. 
They whooped them. The Hokies beat UVA 75-41 to 41 last night. And I, I mean, hell, UVA beat Wake on Saturday. I believe it was 49 to 47 was the final score. Um, but I mean, the, the offense outside of like Reese Beekman's just been non-existent for UVA. And man, Padula and Kador and those guys lit up the Wahoos last night. They beat them by 34 points in Castle Coliseum. Uh, so that was the only ACC game on last night. The only ACC game, the only conference game being played. Uh, but it was resounding. It was a lot of fun depending on your persuasion. 704-570-9610. Hit us up. Uh, again, we got Nick Carboni coming up in 30 minutes. We'll talk about all the good stuff happening on the Charlotte sports landscape, the bad stuff too. Josh Sims, Fox Sports, NASCAR reporter, anchor host. He was at Daytona uh, covering the proceedings all week long from the pits. Josh Sims coming up in just over an hour. And coming up at 5 o'clock, we chat with Gene Sapikoff. Longtime Charleston Post and Courier, South Carolina sports columnist covering the Gamecocks and the Tigers. Uh, Gene, his last day at the paper was apparently yesterday. Wow. My man made it 40 years <laughs> at the Charleston Post and Courier writing about South Carolina sports. He swears he's not retiring. He's got stuff that he's got on, on the docket. He's got things on the horizon, but he's done at the Charleston Post and Courier, one of the longest tenured sports columnists in the Southeast Gene Sapikoff will join us coming up at 5 o'clock. We are loaded here on a Tuesday. A lot of good stuff to get to. Keep hitting us up on the text line. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Coming up Wednesday morning on the Mac and Bone Show, there's a lot of stuff online linking Justin Fields to Atlanta. Would that scare us, Panther fans? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It gotta be the boats. No boat gooping in the Dimebacks night skin. All right, Smoke, what's the thing you just – give me the latest rumor you just saw on the Internet, please. Let, let's uh, do some reckless speculation. What, what did you see over there? What's going well, on? Well, according to the interwebs last night, um, Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Oh, that's exciting. I love social media drama. I don't really, but it is funny to me. So Justin Fields – I mean, we've seen this before, though, right? The reports that, oh, my God, it's an ex-player unfollowed or followed X, Y, and Z on Instagram. What does it mean? Whatever could it mean? Is this the one that you think is is legit, though? Justin, did he actually unfollow? Can that be verified, or is that just some claim being made on the Internet? I think if you could screenshot it, yeah, but, like, I – why are we supposed to be shocked by this? This is what a lot of people have been saying. It's like, hey, he's probably going to get let go or get traded somewhere and go to Atlanta or Pittsburgh, so mm. – Hmm. I mean, literally, that was Matt. What Mac was just teasing about coming uh, out of the break uh, for his show tomorrow. No, no, I know, I know, I, I get that. Uh, but what I'm saying is, 
you know, sometimes these stories can be a little bit misleading. No? Yes? I think we all agree on that. Yeah, like remember when Julio Jones unfollowed the Falcons on Instagram in 2018? That's true. We were all saying, so So uh, how could the Panthers possibly trade or, you know, get Julio? Now, I will say I just went to Justin Fields' Instagram account, search Bears. There's nothing there for the, the, the uh, accounts he's following. He is not following the team on Instagram. So oh, no. I, I can confirm what the national media is apparently reporting about Justin Fields. Uh, anyway, 704-570-9610. We're going to talk some football here in just a second. We opened up the show talking about the Daytona 500. Uh, Willie B, William Byron got himself a big old win after a breakout season last year. The Charlotte native opens up 2024 with the win at the great American race. Smoke, any, uh, anything else from the, the race last night you wanted to point out? Because now, I'm watching the race as just like a fan. You're watching it as a savant. Like, what, what else stood out to you last night? Just, I mean, how they were able to avoid the big one for that long shocked me, especially with some of the wild pushes. Like, Ross Chastain could have wrecked three or four times easily with some of the blocks and pushes he was getting. Uh, it was just, I think the guys are starting to get very comfortable with this super speedway car. With this, Because if you go back to last year's Daytona 500 and a lot of uh, drafting tracks over the last year or two, it's... It's not been as bad as some of the short track races in the short track package, but it's not been good. But I say starting at Daytona last year in the in the race uh, in September to this one, we've seen improvement to these guys get more comfortable, and it just shows you it just shows you how tough it is and like the strategy that uh, Hendrick aced the strategy on multiple occasions last night. I mean, usually, you know, all these owners lose money. Last time I checked, the Hendrick cars had little to no damage. Like, all 400 cars made it out of the big one. You know how hard that is, Kyle? Yeah. It, yeah. It's really hard. It's very hard. It's really hard to do. No, you're not wrong about that. All right, 704-570-9610. Uh, Texter's blowing us up here. So, we, we have some questions coming in. And I wanted to hit this one off the top because I wanted to talk Panthers anyway. Free agency's coming up. Uh, the, the window for the franchise tag has opened up. And a lot of questions about who's going to be tagged. Gardner-Webb James, though. Uh, shout out running Bulldogs asked me a very specific question to that. He says, KB is Brian Burns worth anywhere close to the $30 million he wants. I have a hard time paying top dollar to a guy who can't get to 10 sacks with ease in a 17 game season. The The question is, I'll turn the question around to the audience too. Is Brian, we, it's not like we haven't asked it before, but we're in a different place in history. Now, new coaching staff, uh, although the DC's coming back, you got some priorities that need to be met and some difficult challenges ahead. He says, is Brian Burns worth anywhere close to the $30 million he wants? All right. I, is it accurate to say that $25 million is close to 30? Yes. No, maybe in the context of these conversations, it might not be. Yeah. I was going to say 25 million might not be. It might not be. Yeah. So, so what's close 27 and a half. Let's split, split, split the difference. 27 and a half. Is that close to 30? I would view it as close, but I'm not Brian Burns. That's would, the thing. I, I know you're not, but like would, would Brian Burns, would Brian Burns sign for five years, $140 million? I would think so. Wouldn't you? Especially after the year he had. Well, yeah. Right, especially. And, and not, not just that. You admit at the end of the year that you were playing a bit hesitant because you didn't want to get hurt. And while I understand that's human nature, you know, I don't know that a lot of folks over there necessarily loved hearing that, especially after the way you started the season, like with your hair on fire against Atlanta. So, you know. I don't think that was awesome. Uh, you know, if if you if he would accept twenty five million dollars a year today, I got I, no problem. You, I think you signed the contract, yeah. but I don't believe. I still think that he and his agent are holding out for more money. 
And he is still, if we're being honest here, like, is he the piece that determines what they can and can't accomplish this offseason? Because I think he is. Has to be because he has the most money riding on it, both short and long term. Right. I mean, he's the linchpin, so to speak, in their ability to really get something done this offseason. Because they've got some cap money to play with. They can restructure Moten. They can restructure Dante Jackson, both of whom we talked about yesterday. They can cut a couple of guys. They can they can clear up some additional money. But if you have to use the franchise tag on this guy because you won't let him go and you can't come to an agreement, well, the entirety of that balance is going against this year's salary cap number, which severely limits what you can do in all likelihood. And so... You know, do I think, and I don't mean to make this a one-for-one one comparison. It's really not my my intention. But, like, you saw what Alex Highsmith got from the Steelers for the number of sacks that he recorded. What's he making, 12.5 mil a year, 13? It's at a very reduced rate considering the sack production. It, it's not even, yeah, right. Considering the sack production, it's worlds away from what he wants. I, I think his average annual, annual salary, I, th- I think Highsmith's is 17 I believe, I think his new deal, his cap hit this year is 13.9. Then it, then, it, then it balloons up to like 16, then 17. So it's a backloaded deal for sure. That and he was a mid-round draft pick. Too, right, so, and, and he got yeah. 17 mil fully guaranteed. So we're talking about a different type of deal. All we're comparing it to is average annual value, average annual salary. Um, you know, Brian Burns obviously is going to get way more than $17 million guaranteed. But I, I, at what number? How? What number are you getting him at? What number are you getting him at? Because that determines, I think, whether or not they can be really productive this offseason. His number determines whether or not you can go out and get real offensive help for the quarterback, doesn't it? Because we're already, I think, resigning ourselves to the reality that T. Higgins is going to sign franchise, or is going to be franchise tagged in Cincinnati, right? Yep. Um, Pittman feels like he'll be for too much money as well. I, I, yeah, and I, I'm not even sure that I, I, I don't want to overpay for Michael Pittman Jr. No, I really don't want the Panthers to, I'm a fan, but I'm not that big a fan, right? I, I don't want them overpaying for him. So as we discussed yesterday, like who else is out there? I think the Ridley idea is a pretty good one, but you do still need to find some help opposite Burns at edge rusher. Like we're talking about him being the linchpin to the off season and you know, whether or not you're going to have the money to accomplish some of these things, you, you still need like it's Matos cannot be your number one plan going into the season. I don't think, can it? No, maybe a zero of sees it differently. But I don't think so. So you got to get some help there. You've mentioned help at corner. Oh, and you need, I think, at least two wide receivers added to this room, ideally. Maybe it's one via free agency, one via draft. I, I, could be that. But you got some holes that need to be filled. And I don't know that you can do it all in one off season. but you are going to be severely limited if you can't find a way to get Brian Burns under contract as opposed to having to use the, the franchise tag. 704-570-9610. Uh, Texter's writing in. Trucker T says 20 mil after what he did last year. You're not, he, he didn't lose no. that much value? No. It, it, and plus, I think Mac has pointed it out very well, too. It is kind of harder to get the sack production in some cases when you p- put into all the factors that we've already admitted that he has no help, really, on the edge. I mean, his second-best edge rusher is Frankie Louvu, who's an outside linebacker. Um, and you know, Yitor, I think proved himself that he should get a contract, but he's not going to be a big guy. He's more of a run stopper, but he was also only playing with the lead 13% of the time this year. Yeah. That's also a big factor that plays into edge rushers and how many sack attempts you can have as well. And I think that's a completely fair point. Now, I think something else that like that, that's a, an argument for Brian Burns. Yes. Right. 
Wolfpack James hit me up a second ago, pardon me, and he said basically, you know, the sack number's overrated. He had like 17 and a half tackles for loss, uh, right, which was in the top five. My issue with Burns isn't his stats. Uh, I just don't feel his presence every day or on every play. See, and, and James, I hear you. I don't think you're off or wrong to say that, but that's, as you know, a bit more of a subjective thing. I don't feel his presence on every play. I, I, I mean, that was the Peppers conversation for years here. Right, right. And that guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So don't take that the wrong way, James. It's just like that's a very subjective. I don't feel his presence. Well, I understand what you're getting at, but you know, feeling presence, as you well know, is not how these contracts get negotiated. One thing, by the way, that I think is really heartening or you know encouraging here, if you're a Panthers fan, as Big Cat Dan says, he says, you're right, KB. The answer is yes, no, and maybe, LOL. <laughs> uh, the thing we do know is we have a guy from a winning organization in Brant Tillis who will either get him signed or trade him for more picks. That's that's where I feel okay about this right now too. Um, I don't I don't want to keep coming back to just the one contract, but it was a massive negotiation. Brant Tillis, of course, was the lead negotiator on Patrick Mahomes' contract in Kansas City. He is here now doing the same job for the Panthers, and so I think Brant Tillis can handle this. How he handled it handles this is going to be fascinating to watch because boy, it needs to be handled. They got to get a handle on this so they can start doing some other things. The bagel guy says elite edge rushers don't need help. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. I, I think it, how do you qualify help? Because you're right, elite edge rushers should be able to go make a, make noise and get numbers without having a player of equal ability opposite them. I'm, I'm with you on that. But I also think even the all-time great defenses with great, you know, one elite iconic edge rusher did benefit from having another good player opposite Someone, that edge rusher. Like prime example, Lawrence Taylor had Carl Banks I mean, for crying out loud, we've been talking about Julius Peppers. It's not like Peppers had no one here. He had that whole defensive line was built with studs. At least three pole, pro bowlers were on that squad. Mike Rucker and Chris Jenkins were with Julius Peppers. And then, you know, even when it didn't really work out exactly, but when Rucker retired, you slowly saw Charles Johnson develop. So, I mean, Pepper had someone. Greg Hardy. For, yeah. I mean, we want to mention Greg <laughs> Hardy. Well, guess who he had? He had Charles Johnson on the other end. I, I'm just uh, Reggie White. I, I mean, you got to have Eagles, a guy. You got to have a. You got to have a guy, at, just at least an at, at the very least a little bit above average play on the other end. You can't let you can't let offenses just game plan for one dude off the edge. Like this, you, this is essentially like Kimba Walker on the Hornets. In a sense, yeah. In, in a sense, seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten seven zero four number here says regardless of why he didn't get more sacks, the fact is. It's not working. All caps. It's not working. Stop doing the same thing over and over again. Like, uh, what's not working, though? Because if your argument is, and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to hedge here, if your argument is that Brian Burns isn't a good player, isn't impactful, and can't be, I do disagree with that. And he's a homegrown talent, and people like him a lot, and he want, I think he truly wants to be here. I really do. So can you find a way? where maybe you gained a little bit of leverage back after last year's disappointing season, the, the organization. Can you find a way to get him in the building for like 26, 27 a year? Can you do that? Can you do that? Because had he had a bigger season, there's no way you were doing that. But given the year that he just had, can you find a way to get him in for like 26, 27 on average? If you can, well, you know, I, I think you're doing okay. Phone man Marty says his best year was with Reddick. Shade Tree immediately texted in to say we messed up letting Reddick go. Burns is too light in the ass. Uh, boy, that Reddick thing, man. Well, well, isn't that the problem with Reddick, too? It, yeah. 
Reddick's not a great big guy. And I don't think that Brian Burns, you know, to Wolfpack James' point a minute ago, the tackle for loss numbers, like he was disruptive in the backfield. He really was. He was disruptive in the backfield. So I don't think I, I look at Brian Burns and just say, well, he's, he's a one-trick pony. He can't help you anywhere but this one area. I, I don't think that's necessarily true. Is he... He's not Watt. He's not Bosa. He's he's not those guys, statistically speaking, but he's still really damn good. 704-570-9610. What do you think the Panthers are? We're talking about, you know, unlocking money, trying to get a lot of things done with the roster, and it seems to all hinge on whether or not they can come to a deal, an agreement with Brian Burns. Another interesting thing that I saw this morning, Smoker, the conversation that I listened to. Um, I, it doesn't really impact us here, but do you, is Russell Wilson done? In the NFL, do you think Russell Wilson plays this year anywhere? Does he start? Do you think he starts anywhere? Let's start there. No. Is he cooked? Yes. When John Payton gives up on you, that's. You think he ever starts again? Maybe just like a spot start. I wouldn't say spot start, but I wouldn't be shocked if he has maybe. It gets a shot like Joe Flacco did this past year. Okay. Well, I, I saw a rumor earlier today, or I saw a report, or somebody, you know, kind of speculating that he could end up in New York backing up Aaron Rodgers. That was Mike Tannenbaum. Was it Tannenbaum? Yeah, is that what it was? don't get up. He's like, hey, I wouldn't be shot, which that was. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> those two how does he end up in New York in that scenario is what I want to know. Uh, God bless the quarterback's coach for the Jets if that's the scenario. That you have those two guys. You have those two egos in your quarterback room. <laughs> Oh, man, that's good. 704-570-9610. Uh, hit us up on the text line. AJ says uh, that that texter's incorrect. Burns' best year was last year, not with Reddick, which was my rebuttal. Best year how? Like, how are you defining best year? Certainly not from a sack standpoint. Are you saying TFLs, pass rush win rate? Like, define best year ever. Well, Reddick's, well, the year of Reddick was 21. He oh, I know that. Yes, yeah, so 22, I think, is what he's saying is his best year. No, he's saying 2023 said last year. Burns' best year was last year. What? Not with Reddick, which was my rebuttal. I think that's the way I'm reading it right now. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that really – I'm having a hard time making that one compute. Help me out, AJ. 704-570-9610. Right now we go to smoke on the headlines. Uh Uh-oh. I don't like that look on your face. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Who is smoke? Where is smoke? <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Let's go. What's the latest? All right. Well, first off, I uh, want to let people know that there was also an Xfinity Series race last night for uh, NASCAR because they couldn't get it in on Saturday. And the race was won by Austin Hill. That's his third straight win at Daytona to start the season. 
Uh, also for you, Kyle, I wanted to let you know that your buddy Shane Van Ginsbergen. Van Ginsbergen. Yes, finished 12th in his uh, first race at Daytona in the Xfinity Series. So solid start for Shane Van Ginsbergen in Daytona. Why won't you say it right? So Van only, Ginsbergen. So you can say it the way you want. To. Thank you. I appreciate that. He also apologized last night to uh, Jeb Burton. Somebody's got to tell my guy SVG down under Stan Van Gundy that, you know, he doesn't have to apologize for starting Rex in America. It's celebrated. I have to apologize to people. Well, uh, you don't want to get on Jeb Burton's bad side. I'll just go ahead and say that. He's kind of a tough guy. Yeah. And plus, have you seen his dad? Still a badass. What? What? Yeah. I mean, he's still. I mean, if you follow Ward Burton on Twitter, he still will show you stuff like, here's a little snake hair. It's got no problem if he's just hanging on to it. It's like, <laughs> it's Ward Burton. But anyway, all your NASCAR news and updates are brought to you by Dale Hart Chevrolet up in Newton. Go get yourself a fine Chevy off of Highway 16 in Newton or go to EarnhartChevy.com where I bet they're happy that the Bowtie Brigade had a strong weekend in Daytona. Now going to college football. The college football playoff has approved the move to a 5-7 format for the 12-team field starting next season. That means the five highest-ranked conference champions plus the next seven highest-ranked teams as determined by the college football uh, playoff selection committee. I'm so excited about this. I, I like the format, too. Uh, officials scrapping the original proposal, 6 plus 6. Uh, after the latest realignment wave left the Pac-12 with two teams uh, and, and it decreased the automatic qualifier spots and increased the at-large selection. So it went from 6-6 six, six to 5-7. Uh, was, it was unanimous 11-0 support. All the drama's over now, and we know the format. I, I like it. Do you? That way, yeah, yeah. you know, we get an upset, let's say, in the SEC championship game. And, you know, put Oregon State here on the map already for next year. <laughs> well, I mean, they're power five, right? Uh, pack two. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I like it. You know, you get an upset in the conference championship. You're in a conference championship game. It, it allows for, let's say, a group of five conference champion, a higher ranked group of five conference champion to slide American. in. Yeah. yeah, from the American, let's say, or even the Sun Belt. You never know. Yeah. Uh, and, and to get that. Uh, you know, an automatic berth, an automatic qualifier. So I like what they're doing here. What else you got? All right. And this is very interesting from Eric Gardner and John Onrand, the new sports streamer from Disney Fox Warner Bros. Uh, what is apparently going to be called Spulu is facing an antitrust lawsuit from FUBU TV. A complaint was just filed under seal and uh, imagine a redacted version will become public soon. A top law firm behind this one too, Kellogg, uh, huh? Kellogg Hansen, which represents Facebook and other big clients, this is primed to be a big showdown. I, I heard Hulu, FUBU, Tubu. So basically, you know that big streaming service we're talking about with all the sports? Yeah, the, Time Warner, Fox, and Disney. Yes, apparently, it sounds like that's going to be facing an antitrust lawsuit. Uh, they're just looking to screw average consumers however they can for being honest. Well, is this something about Monopoly as well? I, I, I don't know. I got to look into it. I'm not an antitrust lawyer, so I'm not going to pretend to be one on the radio, but... Uh, I find it interesting that they're going after this particular venture. We'll come back. Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte, sports director, sports anchor. We survey the Charlotte sports landscape, including a massive price hike for some Hornets season ticket holders. We'll talk about that. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, 
Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Walker Mail from Wesson Walker. Join us 12 to 3. We'll continue the Panther position preview. And Willie Pete hey! joins us in studio, all on Sports Radio 927 WFNZ. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, cruising on a Tuesday. Smoke and KB with you. KB and Smoke, whatever order you prefer. Uh, coming up in 35 minutes, we check in with Josh Sims, Fox Sports NASCAR reporter, pit reporter, also a studio host, former Fox 46 reporter, Josh Sims. We'll talk a little Daytona and little hoops. That, that's usually the combination with Josh Sims. Some racing and some hoops with Josh Sims. Also, 5 o'clock, Gene Sapikoff who is a long time, one of the longest tenured, if not the longest tenured sports columnists at a major newspaper in the Southeast. He announced yesterday that after four decades at the Charleston Post and Courier, he's on to uh, other ventures. But we'll talk Gamecocks and Tigers and maybe a little golf with Gene Sapikoff coming up at 5 o'clock. But right now we survey the Charlotte sports landscape, among maybe a bit more, with Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte sports director, sports anchor. He's back for his weekly conversation. Nick Carboni, how are you this week, buddy? I'm good, KB. What's up, man? Uh, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff this week. Well, that's not true. It's a, it's a slow sports week. I, I got a lot of stuff going on with me, but not much in the world of sports. <laughs> uh, All-Star Game Sunday night. Listen, I, I won't pretend like I wasn't part of the uh, peanut gallery yelling right along yesterday. I, I think the game's become awful, but not everybody agrees with me. What did you think about Sunday night? I'll be quite honest with you. I didn't watch a single second of it. I mean, Sundays are a night for me to hang out with the wife. And uh, a lot of times we will watch sports, but to me that just didn't seem like one that I felt being like, honey, can we hijack the TV for two or three hours and, <laughs> and watch this? So I, I, I got to be totally honest with you. I didn't watch it, and it's because of all the things that people are saying. I mean, we know what these all-star games in most sports and most major leagues in the United States have become, and the NBA is right at the top of that list. So I had virtually no interest in it. I'll be completely honest, but I'm very excited for the rest of the season to pick back up. No, I'm with you on that. And you know what? You kind of feel guilty working in sports saying that out loud. It's like, Hey, it's your job to watch, but I don't want to watch that because I think if they don't, if they care less than I do, why would I watch? That's the problem that I've got. If they don't care, I have a hard time pretending to care myself. Um, So you said it best. I'm more interested in watching the Hornets get back out there on the floor on Thursday night. Priorities. Uh, here in the, the back third of the season, what are they? What, what are you hoping to see? What should they be attempting to do? Yeah, I think it starts with getting LaMelo Ball back and healthy and hoping that he can kind of finish this 20 to 30 game stretch or as much of it as possible with kind of the new look and new uh, team, really, that they've brought in here to see how that works. You hope for Mark Williams, too, but I think LaMelo is closer based on what we saw from some of his warm-up action as the, the first half of the season or first two-thirds 
came to a close before the all-star break. So that's the first thing I want to see and see if they can continue this momentum. They, they clearly became a, a new team. I wouldn't even say a, with a new identity. I think they didn't, they didn't have one before and now they kind of do uh, and see how that kind of crosses over to the last third of the season here. Let's see if they can keep that going through the break. They hadn't been any hotter than they just were before the break. So see if they can pick that back up Um and, you know, they'll have to do it with, with a West Coast trip immediately, which doesn't always work in this Hornets team's favor. That's usually where a Hornets season goes to die. So it, it already has once this year, so I hope it couldn't happen again. Uh, but, you know, it'll be a key, you know, handful of games out there. Nick, uh, speaking of the Hornets, I'm not sure if, you know, fans have reached out to you about this, but I've certainly had several people hit up the show in the last day or two uh, about the news that the Hornets are planning big ticket price hikes for next year and, and it's uh it, it's not the same across the board but uh reports that in t- attendees um you know included i think there was a uh, there was a meeting with ticket holders there were about a thousand of them that showed up and that prices will go up by an average of nearly 80 percent next season including some i guess seats closer to the floor that are going up like 225 250 percent have you heard much about this because i have hornets fans in my text line asking what's going on yeah, I mean, it depends on where you have season tickets, obviously, and it sounds like the ones who are most affected were contacted by the team and got a chance to meet with the owners. And it's part of this reimagined Spectrum Center, right? And a lot of stuff close to the floor is going to be turned into luxury kind of seating. And the cost hike is going to go up accordingly based on the amenities those seats are now going to receive. So, in total, it is a small percentage of the seats in Spectrum Center. But if you're one of those folks that have had that seat and are used to paying those prices, you know, even with the new accommodations, it might not be worth it to you to continue to have those seats. So that'll be interesting to see kind of who stays in it uh, in those seats and who doesn't. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, you look at it, it's not 225 percent increase across the entire arena it's not an even 80 percent increase across the entire arena but tickets are going up basically everywhere it just depends on where your seat was and what that seat is going to turn into with this kind of new reimagined spectrum center but i think in the grand scheme of things this is not the not the price increases but the overall improvements of the facilities front and back plus uh upcoming um, practice facility is good for the franchise overall. Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte sports director, sports anchor. He's with us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, did you catch any of Daytona yesterday? Will you, we, we had a hometown kid get another win coming off a really big year. Yeah. So, yeah, didn't watch the All-Star Game Sunday. Watched just about every second of Daytona that I could yesterday. Um, and, you know, William Byron, you know, I'm partial. And I think a lot of people who cover sports in this city are partial because we've been covering this kid since he was a teenager. Um, it's cool to see him do what he has done. It's great to think of what he could still accomplish in the sport. And I do love the the storyline that he was an eye racer first, but I do want to give credit and credence to what he's done in an actual race car for over a decade now. He has excelled and accomplished and won at every single level. And he is right up there with, Kyle Larson now, and not, maybe not quite to the accomplishments, and Chase Elliott. I mean, he was kind of asked about those two guys yesterday, and he said, well, I'm the other guy. Well, he's the other guy that kind of keeps winning, right? I think he's got a great chance to win a series championship soon. I'd put money on him winning a few, uh, and, and it's just awesome to see what he's been able to do. I, I know it's not the finish that everybody wanted. 
you don't love to see a, a yellow flag finish, finish under caution. Um, but, you know, it, it got pretty hectic there in the last 10 laps or so, and that's what you always want for a Daytona race. No doubt. Hey, Nick, before I let you go, the uh, franchise tag window opening up in the NFL, you know where I'm going with this. Uh, Brian Burns seems to be the most likely candidate here, but, um, you know, you could argue that franchise tagging him might actually really hamstring their ability to get other things done this offseason. How, how do you think that plays out? Yeah, I, I think they, they, as a player, forget what the salary command is going to be. They need to try to find a way to keep Brian Burns and do that along with extending Derek Brown, figuring things out with J.C. Horn, whichever way they go with that. I think when they hired Brant Tillis from Kansas City, that's like the big brief on his desk day one had those three guys in it, as well as Frankie Luvu. I'll put into that, trying to figure out a way to work all those guys in and make them a part of the future. I do think this is headed for a franchise tag because I think you guys were talking about, you know, relative you know, how, how close is 25 to 30 million? Well, well, not that, re- not really that close. And I think the Panthers are going to be hard pressed to go above 30 if they're going to go to 28 or 29 for Brian Burns, just based on the lack of production last season. But he is uh, an upper tier pass rusher in the NFL. He is still young. I think he's 26 years old. He is in his prime. I think you need to find a way to keep him. Uh, but I just, I, do get the feeling it's going to be a tag for this year. And we'll see how that affects everything else they're trying to do and how it affects their relationship with Burns going forward. But I think it'll be a Panther. I do just think it'll be on the one-year tag at about, what is it, 23 million. Love it. Nick Carboni, we appreciate you, brother. Have a great week. You too, buddy. Thank you. Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte, sports director, sports anchor, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Uh, one of our listeners on Twitter, who on the text line, rather, who wants me to change his name, somebody named him Drunk Guy. And he doesn't like it. Stop laughing. He doesn't like it. It hurt, it hurt his. He doesn't like it. He wants me to change it, but he won't tell me what he wants to do, wants it changed to. That was not me. That I, I didn't do it either. He thought it was me. He got mad at me at first. But he said, so these damn new owners come in like a realtor and put a new marble floor and a new damn refrigerator and stove and then jack up the price 250%. Enjoy what would have done that, my man. Y'all would have boycotted. Uh, somebody else earlier said the audacity of these guys. I mean, listen, when you... When you cheer for things like new arenas and new stadiums to get built, don't ever forget that they're going to make you pay for it on one side and then make you pay for it on the other side, too. <laughs> that's, like, that's what happens when they spend the tax dollars to build these fancy new digs. The prices go up. That's how this works. Pro sports hasn't been for the common man in quite some time, y'all. Not, not, not in person, anyway. They got to pay for those fancy new buildings somehow. They're not going to work for it. Come on. Hour number two next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.